So we're going to go back a slide. Coming on to that, that was the big reveal, Graham. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, and uh, we are going to start with a, a couple of questions this morning. So you do have to get involved and maybe just shout out the answers where you're from, where you are. And there are no wrong or right answers. So you don't need to worry. So we're going to be just quickly looking at this verse. It's the end of um, a verse in Matthew 10. And do you want to read it with me? It says, freely you have received, freely give. Okay. So what have we received? That's the first question. So what have we received? Okay, freely we've received. I know I'm taking this a bit out of context. But what have we received? Let's hear some answers. I know Oak Youth are going to be giving me loads of answers, so get in there before they do. What have we... God's grace. God's grace. Trisha started us off. What else have we received? Eternal life. Eternal life. Wow, we're starting huge things. Yes, we are. I don't need to do anything here. Anything else? Sunshine. Sunshine. Yes, yeah, sunshine. What else the rain, yes, the rain, everything. Any other things that we've received? Shout them out. Our lives, our lives, yeah. Food, hope, yeah. Answers to prayer, yes. I'm going to start looking at this corner over here. Freedom, wow, guys. Keep going, a couple more. Yeah, God's love. Acceptance, adoption into God's family. Adoption into God's family. Guys, we have received so much. Okay, so let's think about the other part of this verse, just to frame us before we kind of begin. Of what, what can we give back to God? What are some of the things, maybe they're more practical, I don't know, but what are some of the things that we can give? Time. 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 Thanks. Thanks. Worship. Money, love, talents, our future, worship. These are all on the list, guys. Well done. Relationships, children. Is that food? Yeah, food. Yeah. Okay. Extend what God has given us to others. So I'll stop us there. I wanted to have that in our minds as we kind of kickstart um, this new series. Uh, on, and we're, today we're going to be talking about generosity. So as the hexagonal amazing thing talks about, gives you a bit of a spoiler of what's to come in future weeks. Um, but we are a spirit-filled people who overflow with generosity, who enjoy life as a family, who seek to release each other, who live to be hospitable, who work to multiply and engage with God's word and leading. What amazing values. And really excited to explore what overflowing with generosity might mean today. So I'll just quickly pray. Yeah, Lord, we just pray that you would come and speak to us today. I pray that the analogy that we're going to be looking at will just really strike a chord with our hearts to understand in a new and deeper and fresh way what being close to you and being generous out of overflow might mean for us. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's take note of the word overflow. Okay, I just kind of want you to have that in your mind. And today we are going to be exploring two things. Firstly, God's heart 
and then our heart. Okay? So I want you to imagine something with me. And for some of you, this might be having to go way back into your distant memories. And for some of you, this will be quite recent. But when was the last time you were dancing? Okay? Proper dancing. Really going for it. You know, no, like, no fear of anybody watching or no embarrassment. And you were dancing. Think about it. Try and picture that. I'm seeing minds now, like, hmm. Where was it? Were you feeling awkward? Were you dancing like nobody was watching? Or were you being forced to shuffle around a dance floor with someone who was dragging you along? Well, recently in Turkey, as you, most of you will know, um, I went to visit the earthquake zone, or one of the earthquake zones. And there, there was a wedding. And at this wedding, um, which is in the middle of like a car park, a couple who'd sort of lost everything, they were getting married, and the local team decided to put on this wedding for them and make it happen. And there was a lot of dancing. So as we got to the wedding, we all sort of sat in this huge circle, and, you know, the UK volunteers thought, right, let's get up, let's do our bit. We did a bit of clicking, a bit of shoulder thinging, and, you know, about 10 minutes of really awkward dancing... We know, we then went and sat down. And we'd done our part. We thought, great, that's done. But, oh, no. Little did we know that the dancing at this wedding would last for five or six hours. Okay? And we weren't expecting to join in, but we were expected to. So I have to say, I I don't usually feel awkward, but it was really embarrassing. You know, at times I just wanted to go to the tent and just hide or pretend that I needed to like go and have a shower, but there's no water anyway, or, you know, find a reason to escape. Um, Everyone seemed to be enjoying themselves. Uh, And on the outside, I I tried to look like I was, but inside I wanted to get out of there. Now, after about an hour, okay, of this awkward, stressful, trying to look like you're happy, dancing, and not just kind of a little shuffle, there were like set dances round in circles, you had to learn the moves and join in with everybody. I realised that I needed to do something. And so I decided if I could just find somebody who was like the best dancer on that dance floor and imitate them, then I might be in with a chance of A, enjoying the night, but also just surviving it. So that's what I did. I chose somebody who looked like, not just looked like they, what, looked like they knew, knew what they were doing, but she really did. She waltzed around that dance floor with such grace and such love. Her name was Anna, and she was one of the Turkish people that worked in the camp, and she was just incredible. Everywhere she kind of like moved around, there was just grace all over her, that she was smiling, it wasn't a chore for her, she knew all the moves, and she was so good at inviting other people in and kind of teaching them the moves without even realising that she was doing it. So I thought, she's the perfect person. And after a while, I was actually getting somewhere. I kind of made eye contact with Anna. I think she knew that I was copying her, and she was giving me some helpful hints, telling me when to snap went to go down. The men had to sort of do this big shape and the girls had to do this. And she taught taught me everything. And after a while, I was really enjoying myself. Um, I actually looked like I probably knew what I was doing. There probably is video evidence somewhere, but I didn't (laughs) dig it out for you today. Um, And at one point, I was even dragged into the middle of the circle with the bride and groom and everyone was, you know, cheering and I was going for it. So it worked. I was dancing, proper dancing. 
And before I knew it, it was midnight and I was full of joy and love for my new friends from, you know, this unusual far away from home dance floor. And it really dawned on me at the end of the night that actually so many of these people had lost everything in the earthquake. You know, and this would have been the first time that they had danced, like properly danced since. And this was really special. I was so glad that I didn't stand on the side um, and just watch on for the whole night. So why am I telling you this story? What has this got to do with generosity? Well, I believe today that God is inviting you to dance with him. As we learn about his heart, his character, and we explore our hearts, we'll see that actually generosity pours out of him. And as we recognize that and we imitate him and join in the most beautiful dance together, we start to reflect God himself. We become so full of love that we can overflow in generosity to our world. And we do it with joy because our hearts are so full of love. As we recognize all we've received, we can't help but to give freely. So shall we explore the lead dancer? Let's look at God's heart first. So God's character, let's have a quick think about who God is. And you know all this stuff, but it's really powerful to hear it again. God is many things. He is infinite, self-existing, without origin. He is self-sufficient. He is constant and never changing. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. And he is always everywhere and full of wisdom. He is good. He is faithful and he is true, and he is just, merciful, and gracious. And the list could just keep going for the next half an hour, or more, more much more than that. But let's explore his generosity. So first let's explore God's generosity in creation, freely we've received. We see God's generosity in his creation of the heavens and the earth, And in Nehemiah 9, verse 6, it says, You alone are the Lord. You made the heavens, even the highest heavens, and all their starry host, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them. You give life to everything, and the multitudes of heaven worship you. We see God's generosity in the dazzling variety of valleys and mountains, Beaches and oceans, deserts, jungles, glaciers. And that's before we even consider the different shapes and sizes of all the different creatures that are in them. Did you know, and there'll be some pictures coming up here, that there are more than a hundred species of octopuses, or octopi, I don't know which one that is, in the oceans. Moving on. There are 10,000 species of birds flying in our skies. And there are 25,000 species of orchids growing on the earth. And imagine this, did you know that one handful of sand, okay, just one handful has 10,000, approximately, grains in it. And it would really, or it blows my mind to know that there are more stars in the cosmos than there are grains of sand on every beach in the world. Mm, Yeah, whoa. 
And I didn't put pictures for the food because it's nearly lunchtime. We don't want you to get too hungry. But it's the same with our food. The earth in all its richness provides us with a multitude of colours, textures, flavours and smells to delight our eyes and our taste buds. We see a world absolutely dripping in variety, beauty, splendour and majesty because the one who made it was generous. He didn't cut corners, cut costs or do it on a budget. His world is lavish and abundant. And Paul tells us in 1 Timothy 6 verse 17 that God richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. His purpose in generosity is to bless us. Freely we have received. Sometimes I wonder, do I look up and see the things that God is giving to me? Or do I keep my vision narrow? And of course, we need to talk about salvation. So God's heart, generosity and salvation. We see generosity in the ministry of Jesus during his time on earth. When Jesus changed the water into wine, he didn't, just make, he didn't make just about enough. And he didn't taste just about okay. It was the finest wine of the whole celebration. And at the end of the ceremony, when lots of other guests wouldn't have noticed anyway, when he fed the 5,000, he didn't ration the food. There were basket loads left of leftovers after everyone had been satisfied. And don't we see generosity most of all, most beautifully and most fully in the story of salvation? It's not just the ministry of Jesus on earth that gives us insight into his generous nature. It's not just his death on a cross either when he breathed his last and gave himself up for us. Taking our punishment for sin and enabling us to go free. Before he gave up his life on earth, he had already given up his life in heaven in order that, and this is 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9, though he was rich, yet for your sake became poor, so that through his poverty you might become rich. Of course, Jesus didn't act alone in his great act of salvation. We see the generosity of the Father in giving his one and only Son. And in John 3, verse 16, so well known, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And we see the generosity of the Holy Spirit being given without limit. Again, in John 3, but verse 34, for the one whom God sent speaks the word of God, for God gives the Spirit without limit. And we see the generosity in what salvation means for us. Not a get-out-of-jail-free card, but the warm, loving, eternal embrace of a father who unites us with his son and gives us his spirit now as a guarantee of our inheritance. And one day will welcome us home to be with him in everlasting glory. In salvation, God gives us himself. In salvation, God holds nothing back. A dance is taking place. Do you see it? God pours out his generosity over us, his chosen and beloved people. Do we recognize that? Do we see the good things in our lives as coming from God? 
Do we see our relationships, possessions, the environment we're in, the money that we hold for a short time, our bodies, jobs, food as a gift from the Father? Or do we miss the dance and think that they all just come from us? Do we think we need to protect and preserve and look after me and mine? And I really sense that this was really important for some of us today, that we see God dancing freely in all his abundance. And we know that the dance isn't ever going to end. He will continue to pour out good things over the earth, over us. So we've really thought about God's heart there. And that's a big chunk, like a a bit of an anchor. But let's have a think at our hearts now. And first I want to think about, um, I've just sort of named it, knowing the Father, or to know the Father. So we used to foster, when I say we, when I was a child, so my mum and dad did, um, a beautiful girl who's still like a sister to me today. So we were just young, maybe 10 years old. And we'll call her Emily. And when Emily would come to our house, she would be really hungry, and often there was just severe neglect going on in in her home, which meant that she would often come and stay with us for long periods of time. And, um, yeah, when Emily would come, she'd be be hungry, and um, I always remember that, like, the first day she came, and there was, like, a, a phone call, and I didn't really know what was happening at home, but something was going on. And then there was a rush of excitement, and we all got in the car, and somebody arrived at the door with a little plastic bag, and we thought, that's not enough, that's not what you know what you deserve so we all went to Asda and Emily could choose anything she wanted new pants new tops new dresses and I just remember that as a a child being so impacted by that and the the sort of that generosity just being poured out over her Um, but when Emily was staying at our house uh, she had she could have anything she wanted you know she needed food she could have access to food at any time we weren't necessarily allowed that Um, but Emily was um, just because of of the you know the situation and Sadly, every single morning, my mum would kind of go up to her room and underneath the bed, there would just be so much food just stored and stuffed in and not just packets of biscuits, but things like, you know, buttered pieces of bread or like a half-eaten potato, you know, and things that that would just... And and Emily would cram them under a bed because she didn't know when she was going to get food again. And that was a a strategy that she had had to use in her life. And she didn't fully connect with the fact that in our house, she could have access to those things at any time. There was a disconnect there with fully understanding that. And so she had to have a plan B. She had to scurry things away and probably steal biscuits and stuff while people weren't in the room and, and have those under her bed so she felt safe if she needed them. And I wonder, do we do that in our lives? We know that God is good and that he loves us and he will not hold back from us. But our experience, maybe some of our pain, maybe it's culture in this world tells us we need to have a backup plan. We need to make sure we have just enough saved away in case. And that doesn't have to just be money. Maybe we don't feel that we can fully give our time to have somebody in our home because we need to make sure that we've protected our family time. And there are many other examples I could give, but I felt God wanted to deal with that today as well, that he wants your heart to know him, to know which house you are in, and to know that you have access to the Father, for you to fully know the Father. 
He will provide for you and you can trust in him. And again in Turkey, as I was collecting water one day, a lady came and met and we had a chat, even though we couldn't speak the same language at all. So we just spoke through hugs and selfies and smiles. And she invited us to her house. So off we went, a group of us underneath um, this sort of tarpaulin, this blue tarpaulin. And there she poured tea and made coffee and got biscuits and just like poured out generosity over us. She took us round the back of her tent where we then collected apples from her tree and she made us carry more and more until we couldn't physically carry any more, you know? And we demanded somehow that we took them all back to all the other people in the camp. Yeah, the world would say in her situation when you've lost everything that you need to be saving those apples or your family are going to need them or that coffee is expensive and you don't know when you're going to work again. But she didn't. Freely she gave. She was demonstrating something so beautiful, a genuine generosity from her heart. Matthew 6 tells us, and I'm just going to read this through because I think this is really important. Do not worry. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the fields, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. And this is my favorite bit. But seek first his kingdom, know who your father is, and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Now, I don't know what situations you guys are in. And so this is really easy to hear and think, great, we don't have to worry about anything. But some of us have huge need or huge longings. And so I'm certainly not saying we just don't have to worry. But if we can come to God with those things and know who our Father is and bring them to him, then we're not going to culture, which is just saying we need more, we need bigger, and we need now. God knows what we need. Let's trust that. And he loves using his people to meet that need. So we can be the hands and feet of God himself, pouring out from our overflow, generosity to each other. So we've had a little think about knowing the Father. I just want to think now about our hearts and glorifying the Father. Letting our generosity glorify him and not magnifying the light unto ourselves, which is so easy to do. There was an elderly couple at my parents' church that were so sweet and loving and kind. And when we arrived back from India in the middle of COVID, 
Um, we thought we were going to be there for five years. Turned out the pandemic brought us home early, so we had no jobs. We didn't have a home at that time, and we did have, I think we had two children then. And so we definitely, coming back at Christmas, felt like Mary and Joseph on the road. <laughs> I think maybe I was pregnant, I can't remember. Um, but we, you know, we, we were a bit of a, okay, we know we can trust God with this stuff, but we actually have like no house and no income and, you know, we haven't got enough money to go and do an Asda shop. And um, this, this couple, um, they gave us a package. And so we, you know, we were just visiting, um, trying to figure out what we're going to do. And this package, I think we thought maybe there were some Bible verses in or some letters or something. And, you know, we thanked them and then got in the car. And as we got in the car, we opened up this package to find 500 pounds in 20 pound notes. We're just like, so we're counting it thinking, wow, this is incredible. We can go into an Asda shop. Um, And, you know, we couldn't believe it. We'd come back um, and just felt, you know, a bit of a financial loss, not sure what to do, and then received this incredible gift. And when we called them straight away just to say, thank you, thank you, this is so incredible. They wouldn't say anything else except for this phrase. It's not from us, it's from the Lord. And they just kept saying that. And we're like, no, no, I know, but thank you. No, it's not from us, it's from the Lord. They could have taken credit. They could have been puffed up with pride. Yes, of course. But there they were, instantly reflecting it back to God. Does my heart always do this? No. Sadly, even without realizing, I often forget and I might allow situations to magnify me. If it's my name on the end of that card or I'm the one bringing flowers or, you know, even though it's from a heart wanting to be generous. Freely we have received, freely give whilst glorifying the Father. And the kind of final section of thinking about our hearts is to seek out heart-to-heart opportunities. In this church, this incredible group of people who follow Jesus or are on a journey of learning more about him or who just love to come for coffee and cake and to hang out together, we are outstanding at blessing each other, supporting each other and being generous. There are so many examples, even in the last couple of months or even this week I could give, you know, people going out to the shop for us to bring cowpaw around when one of our children is sick. Meals being delivered to our homes, there's been a lot of that going on recently. Um, People sending cards or flowers to each other, you know, notes of encouragement to remind them of who they are in God or to remind them of some truths about themselves. People dropping in for cups of tea and just having, spending time with each other. If we shared right now between ourselves, I'm sure we would give testimony after testimony of incredible acts of generosity and love being poured out over each other. So I just want to nudge your heart again to seek out heart-to-heart opportunities. And I'm not saying go and get on the meal train. I'm not saying you need to, you know, do more or to try and force situations to happen. I actually want you to nudge, I want to nudge your heart again to come close to God and to seek out a heart-to-heart opportunity with you and your creator. To allow yourself to be full with his heart so that his heart can overflow out of yours. God wants you to freely give, not out of obligation, but out of love. And of course, I want to encourage you to reach out to others today and that might be how you respond. But more importantly, I want to encourage you to freely give back your time, energy, 
effort, attention to God and see what he wants to do in your life. Dance with him. Moves that you never imagined will come as you imitate that lead dancer, the one who pours out generosity over us so we can give out of an overflow. So can I invite the band to come and join me? God is dancing. He is displaying his generous heart all the time. And we can choose to join in this dance with him. And we can learn the moves until they become so natural you don't even realize you're doing it. And it may feel awkward. It may need some family discussions to come to some wise decisions. Youth, it might mean that you need to have a chat. You know, as families, I think, how can I be generous in my current situation? What things have I got to give back to God? It might be, mean you need uh, discussions about whether you are giving to church and how much and, or, or not. It might mean that you discuss who you're having around for dinner, you know, your family diaries. I don't know, there are many things, but let me encourage you, it will be so worth it. Once we start dancing in generosity with God in new and deeper ways, you'll be giving out of overflow, I promise. So as we respond, um, Lizzie is going to be offering up like a physical act of worship through dance, which is amazing. Um, So please feel free as we respond now to either just watch and allow God to speak to you through her worship, um, or please feel free to join in with song worship, or feel free just to connect with God um, and just see what he has to say into your lives after what you've heard today. And then there might be more worship after, we'll see.